akin to splitting the atom, Ben and Ryan attempt to split their guests apart from their egos and explore the deep, ominous cave called vulnerability, attempting to shine a combined light on the treasures that hide in the dark. Without taking themselves and each other too seriously, they are engaging in conversation between themselves and with guests in a very own humorous way. We hope you enjoy listening to Spill Your Guests. So please, let, let the podcast exist as an entity, and then we can be tourists or its guests. We can be its Spill Your Guests, and the podcast is the host. And so I wrote this, uh, this and, and this was not with the podcast in mind. I wrote this, like, kind of like stream of consciousness here after I smoked uh, some of Seth Rogen's houseplant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where did you write? Okay, go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, um, yeah. By the way, that's some good stuff. And yeah, it might be a little expensive, but I actually, I, I think it's, it's got way more value in it than something half the price. But, uh, and not that price is even though really a thing I like to talk about at all. I just find that marijuana very impressive. Okay. Um, so what I was writing here was I was actually, I, I was doing this whole like sit down thing. And then I, I, I went to my, my Gmails and I remember this e like email, you know, your Gmail, is an exhaustive search of like basically your entire life. Yep. Yep. So um, like I remember this email I thought maybe existed um, and it was like hoping it didn't. But I remember writing this email. I was probably stoned. You know, like yeah, very, very when I was like kind of very straight, very likely, very likely. <laughs> in 2015. Although I could I could check the month of it and, and pinpoint whether it was or wasn't because I have like blocks of time where I either was or I wasn't and I know those blocks of time kind of so anyway um but uh that yeah anyway the, the the email is to a professor in university and I'm basically like you know admitting all my mistakes and like calling myself an like inadequate engineer and like that I'm not really worthy of engineering and then I'm basically at the end contradicting myself saying can you please like give me a reference so I can get a design engineering job. And it's like, what the fuck was wrong with me? I read that thing. I'm like, my God, that is such a, that is such a outward complete send of my narrative, okay. you know, Did it work? Toward, toward a no, it didn't work at all. It, didn't respond. <laughs> of course, it was circa 2015. We're talking like, you know, now, what, four years ago, like, that was that 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 re coming across that and like re like realizing that yeah that did happen and I did send that and I was in that place and like I said oh and I, instead of uh, pursuing like a, a professional path I chose to just enjoy the outdoors and like enjoy life but like now I'm like you know I really want to get into the industry and please I would love to be like backed by somebody like you and like I respect you and you help me get in the industry and you know and, like and he, and he just. And, and it's like, I want to be an engineer and designer. But I said before how I know I'm, I lack the technical skill. <laughs> so it's like, it's so funny. It's just like, wow, I, I'm really self-deprecating here and like trying to like peel all these layers back and 
that's to me what an, what uh like a signed sealed send you know like of vulnerability you know what i mean yeah that sounds like a vulnerability backfire because you <laughs> no but that's the thing and then i also had this other thought you're absolutely right because i had this other thought like you know even with this podcast i was thinking to myself you know what if we're doing a podcast about vulnerability we better be careful because people are going to lose because their job. I've had this experience. Because I have had this experience before. I had it before where you're too vulnerable. Yeah. I do it all the time. And so it's not the easy. That is a dangerous, it's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to live. Yeah. Well, Paul Check calls it the warrior's journey for a fucking reason. The the heading down a path of vulnerability and heading towards consciousness and awareness and doing things in full consciousness is fucking hardest thing you can do which brings me to what is our theme for the episode which is birth because it all starts with birth even though as osho says you're dying from the day you're born which is also true but when you're born you um don't really have an ego you don't really differentiate yourself from others and um as the ego develops there's so many factors and uh people in play and they develop this image which i think you're saying you just fucking vomited onto this pro pro professor who probably wasn't ready to hear that kind of vulnerability maybe didn't work on do work on himself and hence the um vulnerability backfire but what if that person uh recognized that honesty that brutal honesty you were giving and and respected that there's no doubt in my mind that in a way you respected that but at the same time, uh, I wasn't hurt, actually. When you say backfire, actually, yes, because he didn't respond. Does that mean it was a backfire? He didn't fucking it respond. It wasn't really necessarily, it wasn't necessarily a backfire. Like, I, didn't, I didn't suffer as a result. I gained experience. Yeah, I, grew, I, gained, experience. I, gained, I gained the feeling of awkwardness, though. That's, that's, a, that's all that happened. Is it, it was a fa like this manifestation of all this awkwardness and all these possibilities of how it could be construed and that it was a weird thing to do and that it would be weird if I ever saw him again. Those are the feelings that arise from, those are the backfires of your vulnerability and is, is not being strong enough to overcome the, uh, the social repercussions. Yeah. Uh, and like, and that's, that's totally valid. And that's valid. And like, that's totally a you, a valid concern. That's what I mean. Because like, like you, and as I say, like if you're gonna if you're gonna make a podcast on vulnerability and it's, and it's gonna become a popular you know syndication, and you've now divulged you know hours of content of deeply personal like uh, <laughs> yeah uh, outpours. Are you are you, you might you might find yourself you might find yourself in a place where you you're gonna look back and be like oh my god I can't believe I. I said all that, or that I, you know, that I went there with people. But I, I think, yes, go on. Sorry, I just, I, I'm, 
I'm thinking about the YouTube videos I've made, and I told you the, my whole my the interpretation of it is that I'm talking to one person. I'm not talking to however many thousands watch them or don't. I'm talking to one person. We're we're hanging out with somebody else in a room, and we get to repeat that situation hopefully multiple times with people who want to be in that room and i think that's the beauty of it but i I think what can take away from a conversation is the the way we're socialized to just say things uh, as if a thousand people are listening the way people post things on a facebook wall like a personal message to somebody else but they know they're saying it with the intention of everyone exposed it's exposed to intention of persuading them for this and that and the other but if you if you legitimately are just talking to people like it's one-on-one i don't think you have to worry so much about vulnerability because if they're going to listen to a long conversation and really get to know you what are they going to think they're going to think ben's a piece of shit because he's pouring his heart out and trying to help other people who are trying to work on doing that themselves? No, no, no. Uh, I just uh, worry because my cognitions can be so so tainted with my own narrative. And so I'm just, I'm just worried about getting caught up in having that document and in a way it scares me because i don't want to see myself that closely it's probably why why and then and then it's that if i see myself that closely then i'm going to fabricate all these repercussions in my mind and uh dwell on that and that's what i do i think but um i i guess you're right maybe i shouldn't uh I well, shouldn't consider. I shouldn't be wary of it. But I mean, to to an extent, you're okay. I am getting at it in this from this from this point of view right here. Is that like, you know, the, what separates me from my professional life? You know, like what is it? What is it that separates? You know, the two. And uh, nothing really does. It's completely arbitrary. And like, I'm not the same person at all professionally that I that I am like in real life. Um, and if I'm trying to go get a job, and like pretend like I'm an organized, you know, structured, you know, like I can, I can schedule and I can be on top of everything and or and um, and. Uh, attention to detail and not absent-minded and the reality is like so much of me accepting myself and uh letting go of my ego has to do with accepting my uh my strengths and weaknesses and not giving myself any credit i don't deserve but what about what about if this exploration actually revealed some strengths you didn't realize about yourself or helped you to explain to others the reasons that they think that certain characteristics are not strengths in you and you 
sort of convincing them that of course they're fucking strengths in you. I think you're a badass. I mean, dude, you rode a bicycle across the oh, fuck yeah. across the fucking continent. Okay, we, maybe we should start by by uh, clarifying who we're we're talking with here. This is a guy who hops on his bicycle and goes from was it Ottawa or Toronto? Yeah, it was Toronto to San Diego. Toronto. <laughs> How long and, is a uh, fucking the flight? Victoria. Yeah, so Toronto to San Diego, San Diego to the Victoria, British Columbia. How many kilometers? How many miles? Five thousand miles. <laughs> well, there's your fucking introduction. Yeah, Ben has uh, no self determination, no good qualities. He only <laughs> he only biked across the fucking continent. He only uh, dropped into Ecuador and figured out his own path uh, just by, I don't know what you want to call it, faith. Um, and, you know, creating your own path in life. He only... Uh, yeah, but but yeah, that's exactly right. Like, I'm, I'm totally that way. You're absolutely right. Like, yeah. I will go literally and have no idea where I'm going to sleep tonight on my bicycle west. And find everything, everything works out fine, you know, and I make it all work and I, bring, I become prepared with absolutely everything I need before you start. And that would be my, that's my freaking, like that, my job. That's all my job is, is to like come up with ways of doing things before you do them. You know what I mean? And like, I'm terrible at that. <laughs> I always just do things <laughs> as they come. Yes, you need somebody to write I, the plan. You need somebody to write the plan and hand it to you on a piece of paper and then you fucking execute it. No, but like even then I'm not happy because I don't like it not being my plan. It's my ego, you know? Like, so then, it, then it's like my plan. I want my plan to be just send Ben in, send Ben into the chaos and he'll figure it out. That's what I want like my job to be. But like that's not, <laughs> that's not like a. Uh, I guess you could, job. you could be a, a hostage negotiator maybe. Yeah, that's not a Something yeah, like that, hostage. Yeah. It's not a job. Like, yeah. uh, an intercontinental uh, cyclist, maybe? Maybe you could swim across the ocean? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure swim you could. The... All no, right, do you want to get into the actual um, topic at hand? Yeah, sorry bit? I rambled so much there. I'm so sorry. That's just an introduction. It's all good. I just yeah, want to, uh, for those listening, expose... Uh, them to what might have made Ben turn out this way. Um, someone who is obviously super badass, but tends to shit on himself a little bit. Speaking of shitting on yourself, I have a great question that refers to shitting on thyself. It is um, that infants can't seem to differentiate themselves from their surroundings. Hence the endless shitstorm on the walls, on themselves, etc. Ben, do you remember any early moments that triggered the development of your ego and the concept that you were actually a separate entity, separate from the walls, separate from your parents, separate from anybody else? Um, When I think back on... uh... I, 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 I remember probably crib 
I remember maybe touch of my dad, you know, like I remember like carpet, you know, I remember carpet. That's a carpet. That's not me. You know, that's a crib. That's not me. Yeah. I remember things like yeah. that. Yeah. I think that's more than enough, right? Like, like yeah, I told you last, that, I told you last it. time I'm we were talking. Yeah, it, for me it was uh, breastfeeding. I remember yeah. vivid, vividly one time yeah. breastfeeding, just one time, just one time in my parents' old bedroom, on the left hand side of the bed. Exactly, it's like fucking. I could relive it. Uh, that's that was my defining moment. Where I'm like, this is not just me. Like, it's me breastfeeding off of someone else. So, Ben looking at the carpet is the beginning of this long journey that led to Ben being, according to him, pure ego. (laughs) Many controlling factors. Um, Also, not thinking too highly of himself. Well, I mean, I just feel like if you fly on the wall, you know, like you, you just, you can see so much of the crap that's there and there's lots of good, like, don't get me wrong. But like, I don't know if you find the wall, my relationships with Ernesto, Brian Cito, John, you'll see some hard times there. Okay. Yelling, maybe John yelling, Ernesto yelling. Friends? These are friends of mine. Yeah, these are good friends of mine. And I would be fine to, uh, like, have them here and talk about this to them. You know, like, I've been, I've had, like, moments of animosity with all three of those people. And <laughs> I love John. Ernesto. And Brian Cito. So dearly, you know, but, like, it's, like, you can see, like, I have that capacity to be kind of a total douche. Have you, you met know, me? Kind of, like, have you met really, me, Really, really hard-headed. Really hard edited, you know what I'm uh, saying? I think I I said, "Have you met me?" <laughs> yeah, I met you. Yeah, <laughs> but you're you you do it a little more classy away. I'm kind of a bitch about it, you know. I don't know. I gotta say, yeah, you're kind of like that too. <laughs> Just a couple yeah, of assholes. Stubborn. That should be the podcast name: a couple of assholes. Yeah, yeah, a couple of assholes indulging in their self shit. That's not a good podcast. My God. It's just you're born and then you fuck it all up at some point along the way. And what happens there in your consciousness? At that point there, I wasn't I just did you pot? I didn't even know anything. And then all of a sudden you put all these stimuli into my life. I you don't put it in. It's just an existing a state of existence. That's part of it. It's what it is. Now <laughs> no i like your little i like your little rambles the random directions so let's say you're struggling right um paul check likes to always ask those who are struggling a couple questions and a couple of them uh that i thought were really cool were when did you stop dreaming when did you stop singing when did you stop dancing um Sorry, sort of when did you lose your sense of the magic of what what you're living in? You know, for, like, for example, when did you, 
you know, the first time you go on a plane, it's a fucking thrill ride. You know, it's you're taking off. You're like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. You're looking out the window. And now you head on your plane and you're thinking how fucking shitty the service is and how much you paid and you don't even get fucking water or whatever. Um, so when did did any of that shift for you? And do you think that anybody triggered that? Was there something significant, uh, maybe even something that seemingly insignificant where somebody kind of shut you down or kind of said, you know what, you're, you're an adult now. We don't play like that anymore. You don't go to the fucking playground and play because that's for little kids. Has there been any of that in your life that you remember? The last time I trick-or-treated was grade nine. It's quite late. Okay. But um, no, I, I never ever experienced... Uh, Exactly oh. what you described there. No, nobody, I mean, nobody shut you down that. or shamed you. For yes, yes, but because I deserved it. <laughs> okay. So I dealt with the social repercussions of a state of euphoria that I was in after my dad died when I all of a sudden became overwhelmed with like a sense of purpose and meaning how old were you when your dad died 20 and how old are you now 28 28 and i'm 37 um so things significantly changed at 20 you felt sort of this instant shift into almost no choice but adulthood um like did you feel like you had to you had to get on well sorry adulthood took adulthood took a young form for me and then adulthood was never mature it was like almost adulthood met me down in 20. Yeah, but what stagnates you is the question. But is, it, ben- I, is it detrimental? Is it beneficial? Are you, are you a detriment to society running around? I am not a detriment. I am just not meeting the potential had available. But when, when, just, when you're determined, when you're determined to do something like bike across a continent, something that most people can't fucking do, um, where's the laziness there? When did you, you never stopped in the rain, getting fucking shot at? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Man, oh, wow. You're, glo- man, you're, the thing, I, you're glorifying it, eh? I got some pot in like north of LA and like did such short intervals that I didn't get to my destination in time in San Francisco to meet my family. And there was like, oh, I was like five, six days late and I didn't even check my phone or anything. No people thought I might have been dead, you know? Okay. 
you know, had a date and like all that shit, you know what I mean? And you know, you don't know that part. And then also the part where, you know, after that, I did Burning Man and then left there. It was in, well, no- Northern California. So, Northern California, that was awesome. Okay. So, biking along, biking along. I'm smoking a ton of pot, have a lot of pot. Look at the map. I see, okay, there's this offshoot here where I like know I'll have to carry all my own food for the next three days and water. I won't be able to, to access any grocery stores and, or I could do the maiden path and I'd probably be able to get more weed too. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this, test myself and, uh, and make it, you know, like, uh, like a kind of challenge to get off of it and, and also enjoy a physical challenge. So I did. And it was like a crazy off-road, like I'm fully loaded, but I'm off-road with, with like a kind of road touring bike and it's kind of gravelly and deep and I have to walk for a lot. And it was really hard riding. I couldn't go fast. I couldn't gain kilometers very fast, but I did it. And it was like hard, but I made it to this, this like junction where I didn't know that there was a burger joint. There was, it's like a chill spot there, right in Humboldt County. I met this guy. I was talking with this guy and his, and his uh, stepbrother. And they were pot growers nearby. And he ordered his burger without a bun because he was gluten-free when we were chit-chatting he was telling me how he used to uh um hop rail to travel he used to be like uh, a hobo you know like hopping on train and mm-hmm. i had just met this guy who had done it um at burning man and i was just interested in it and we were talking and he told me how he saw his friend um stand up on a cart and then with a trimmer under the bridge like like cartoon style like just got completely clotheslined by the bridge while standing on a speeding train. So that man, he said he had, hadn't done it, didn't do it ever since then. But he had, he would loot it with a cello. Anyway, he gave me a half ounce of pot, <laughs> he, or like as much as he could fit in the bag, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and then sent me on my way, you know, because then like a couple hours hanging out, and uh, so much for that plan of uh, you know like. Not spoken pot, got stoned, kept biking. Like when you get into your descriptions, you're talking about all the amazing things that happened and you made all that happen. But when you just have a general overview of it in the past, you just look at yourself and you say, ah, you know, I kind of flaked out and did that and the other. It's like, well, if you, if you look at anything into some depth, there's always faults. And that's why vulnerability is important to... to to, to allow that to be part of the conversation and not hide it. Like, fucking Steve Jobs got fired from his own company. He was fucking canned. But he was the creative spark that that produced everything great that came out of the company. It's not like he was a technical genius. He was just that spark. If the reality is a place of vulnerability, mm-hmm. I think you're in trouble. I think you're in trouble. I think if the truth is... Is hard. Something should probably change. The truth uh, should be easy. The I truth, think. Yes, I, I, I believe if you're trying to do everything in full awareness and fully conscious of what you're doing, you're not really capable of doing harm because you don't. Because you're you're hyper conscious. Um, you're not relying on wondering whether it's legal or illegal. You're really doing 
you're doing things as if everyone else is you and you're all a part of the same thing. So why would you want to hurt? The, you know, if we're all part of a hive, why would you want to uh, cause any damage? I think unconsciousness is the the dangerous thing. And we're all capable of it and guilty of it. And we start our lives, especially in these times, ex- uh, socialized to become unconscious. And it's encouraged. And I'm guilty. And I think I deserve to uh, be a little vulnerable right here because I'm kind of putting you on the spot way too much. But I'm guilty of 30 years of that shit and doing bad things in relationships and just really lying to myself, lying to other people and hurting people. And, um, but I, I don't just sit around looking back and saying that I'm a piece of shit because that defines me. I want to move forward. And through vulnerability and awareness and consciousness and communicating about it, you know, like I'm good friends with my ex-wife now. Like we're, we, we're, I'm not, I don't believe you guys were never not going to be, you guys were always going to be like you. And by the time those things happened, you were already woke. Yeah. You know, you were <laughs> already woke by that time, man. Woke. If you're talking like, but when you're under 30, you know. Okay. So I, cause you, cause your twenties, I'd say, I don't know. Cause you had a rough time in your twenties. Obviously you grew up in Montreal. So you're a shithead. <laughs> no. <laughs> And, uh, and like if you if you didn't have a great time in your 20s by the end of your 20s you become woke and then your 30s is where you become a rock star and start you know walking all over the earth you know uh you so oh so now what you're going to try to do is glorify my story no you won't, you won't allow me I'm, to glorify yours but you can just glorify uh, mine it's as true if it wasn't no no fucking... okay no no fair yeah, right. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. You're there is there is a certain like a, like complete uh, fantasy and and uh, like a, a lens that you're that that I'm applying to uh, to your life that isn't actually true. You know, like the reality of what you did and like the caps confirming and you know like getting yourself all injured and whatever the hell I don't even know what the hell you got yourself up to honestly. All the way down there. And you, just, you have stories to tell, I'm sure. And I'd like to hear them. But, uh, you know, like, what, what you got yourself going on up there that was not at all, like, necessarily some sort of liberation of from your 20s into your 30s or anything. There's no symbolism associated with the reality of what you were doing. I'm just applying an analogy, you know, like, just a perspective to the, what, the history of what I know about you what you've been yeah. doing what you've to but like it's so yeah that's what i say you did the same thing you know i did this bike trip but you weren't there you know <laughs> it's like the reality of these bike trips. it's like anybody can you don't have to worry about finding a job and getting making money anybody can, and you can afford it get, anybody can get on a bike bike across the continent pretty much okay i'd say not I'm say a, pretty much you don't value your behavior you value other behavior well, that you, you wish you could commit to. Well, I think I've smoked my mind to the point where I'm not cognitively present. So, yeah, 
I don't really value my behavior. <laughs> I value others who are, who are cognitively present. And I smoke so frequently right now that, like, because I'm not cognitively present, I can't even make plans or any commitments or commit to any responsibilities. You're you're talking on this podcast right now. You committed to that. Um. Two yeah. shit. Touche. I can make plans and commitments and take on some responsibility. However, they're half-assed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot to mention the people that Ben has the coolest laugh ever. <laughs> Let me ask you another question, then. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel any resentment uh, towards your birth? Do you feel like you didn't get to decide... If you wanted to deal with all the ups and downs so far, the ups and downs that are to come, if depression truly is an epidemic these days, do you think that subconsciously many people actually resent their parents for conceiving them in the first place? You may be resenting the fact that you were born, but not, but not. So parents, I guess, as a figurative representation of just being born, maybe. And not my parents specifically, like my Robert Cates and Susan Cates. No, I'm not. I'm, I don't resent you guys. Sorry. You know, like, you know, you guys did live your lives, you know. Well, my dad lived his life. My mom's still living her life, you know. Um, you, can't, you can't resent someone for living their life. Um, they didn't harm me in any way. Um, so is there somebody else you resent or something? I resent. Something unknown? Being born. You just say, you say, fuck you, God, you piece of shit. How no, dare you? God. How dare you allow torture and suffering? No. If I, if, I, if I could be so depressed and so distraught because the world's suffering, that would be way more noble and worthy of just energy than... You know, worrying about your own suffering. Um, another question I have for you, because, you know, we tend to, the ego tends to help us define ourselves like, like a fucking brick wall, uh, rock solid, this is what I am. And I think the Myers-Briggs testing, the MBTI testing, uh, follows along that line and kind of feeds off of that and categorizes us. And for the most part, categorizes us into sort of 16 types, personality types. And I'm wondering, first of all, if you think this ha is a result of nature or of nurture, and also, do you believe that these personality types are fluid and can change, or if they're just static, like they want us, some people want us to believe? Any and every psychologist or studier of personality can put together a spectrum, um, a wheel, a globe, a line, a cylinder, I don't know, whatever. They can put together a spectrum and define personality traits along, along the spectrum and cluster certain personality traits together. Um, and yet also some models, you know, like are able to, I think, interconnect 
personality traits and in really unique ways and are clever. And I don't know many what algorithms go in behind into these at all, but like psychologists do study these things and agree kind of upon um, methods of uh, measuring personality um, and agree upon how to define personality in a certain traits. And like, it comes down to, I guess, what what's common sense in a, in a way. It, it's not so much a definable thing. You can't autopsy somebody for their personality. You know what I mean? So right. You can't really just. So, how do you? What? What's the mechanism behind it all? It's so there isn't really a clear, clear ways to to measure it. Um, so you have to kind of right. define define ways. So but is there is there is kind of an agreed upon way? Maybe it right. works. But is it yeah. uh, like? For example, I was in an office the other day and the people at the desks had printouts with their four-letter uh, categorization. Like me, it's uh, ISTJ, introverted, sensing, thinking, judging. Um, I, could I could go on with life and define myself as that. What if I became an extrovert? Is there, do you think that there's some a catalyst that could trigger a change or like what would be a catalyst what would be something other than a psychedelic experience or um, a car crash or a, something affecting your mind um, are there are there catalysts what about a new relationship even could somebody could you know let's say I'm an introvert somebody could bring me out of my shell do you think those things are possible what's the opposite of a catalyst I don't know. Suppressant? Uh, uh, hinder hindrance? Mm. Sure, sure. A retarder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these days we don't use that word. <laughs> the last time I used that word was to describe what it's like to you to uh, vape pen marijuana. I was like, I was like, it makes you retarded. And then she's, and then, and then for us, it was like, for lack of a better word, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I just, but just trying okay. to be like, so the emotion you, behind it. Why are you asking what the opposite of a catalyst is? Are you saying that there's people that hold you back from your personality I'm being expressed? I'm saying that Myers Briggs fluid? test is, that's the Myers Briggs test is, oh. is a retarder. <laughs> <laughs> Let's clarify. Person, Not retarded, retarded, but a retarded. <laughs> it's a person, a personality retarded. Yes, a personality retarded. change retarded. You just spray a little MBTI on you, and your personality's fixed. It's like super, super glue for the ego. But Osho said that. Well, one of the million things he said was that we're dying the moment we're born, and my question is when. When did you feel the most alive? I don't know, actually, when I felt more alive. I remember just diving into the water and swimming and feeling very, very healthy and fit. So almost like in a childlike state, a freedom to play, express totally. yourself. Yeah. 
Nobody holding oh, his back. Nobody, oh, yeah, nobody shaming behavior. No, no one shaming behavior. But still with people, you know, like I don't think I could be happy alone. I'm way, way too, I think, extroverted for that. And also, MBTI I tried right it. There. Defining first letter of your four letters, E, extroverted. Yep. Why are you trying to retard me? <laughs> hey. I'm not. It's hey. to help. It's to help. <laughs> it's to help figure out your career path and your ideal relationship. And if we just add your sign, we will know everything we need to know about you, Ben. Sounds like I'm not. It's not very growth orientated. You know. <laughs> it's retardated. I don't know, but I guess that's part of the, that's part of, no, actually, it's all part of the whole narrative, vulnerability, let people know that I'm actually kind of a doofus, <laughs> not, or I'm super afraid of at work, people to find out that I'm stupid. Exactly. What kind of podcast about vulnerability would it be if we are able to be vulnerable ourselves? Yeah, Don't we wouldn't need to be judgment. Yeah. However, like I said, like, you know, you got to be careful because like, let's say we post this up and then my future employer, you know, last thing they do is they do some Google search and they find this and then they listen to this and then they're like, wow, we can't hire him. Like, he's a stoned freak. Is that what Joe Rogan thought? He was just doing his stuff for fun. Rogan. Didn't he get there through vulnerability? Through fucking being uncomfortable and worried about, about what people are going to think. I mean, he talks about how when he, when he was losing his hair, it was like a fucking disaster for him. It was a nightmare. And then he was relieved when he just fucking shaved it all off and was able to tell everybody, I was losing my fucking hair. Same with Andre Agassi. Him and his fucking extensions and all this shit, whatever he had. One day he's just like, I'm a baldy. That's me. Hello. Damn. Yeah, so... Vulnerability, man. It's a bitch. It's scary. Well, there's, there's a certain confidence that I need to carry that is so false and doesn't really represent who I am at all. I feel as though I need to carry it, though, in order to stay professional. And... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, okay. Well, I guess you got to figure out if you disagree with that or agree with that, because you can live that, or you also don't have to live that. That's I don't your, know how. That's not your to choice. Live that. Well, that's your choice. That's what I'm saying. Is if you no, don't, yeah, know I don't know how. I don't know how to. I mean, I do in in a way. In the, is I need to live in such a way that I would not be ashamed. To have everybody know I live this way, you know? Right. No, but I appreciate you being vulnerable. And yeah, you can uh, you can remove whatever you want from this podcast that you're not comfortable with. It's just, you know, that path towards full acceptance of who you are, what you're feeling, what your desires are. You know, for me, as an example, you know, open, rela open relationships. <laughs> Um, admitting what I want sexually, 
to my girlfriend, you know, that's that's a scary thing. You wanted uh, it in the butt, didn't you? Well, yeah, we can talk about that on the on a different podcast, sure. Spill your butts. Lots of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you really got to reassess yourself every time you do something or say something and look at where the fault might have lied with you. And also honest when I say what I commit to, can commit to. And, and I've been committed. I've done that commitment. So, yeah, I think if you, if you say you can commit and you do, then you don't have to be apologetic for being someone who has all kinds of different interests in life. And you have a unique mind. And um, you've been exposed to things that other people haven't. And doesn't that make, wouldn't that make a company want you around? We all do, right? This employer wants conform. That's the thing, Ben. By definition, genetically, you, are, you do have a unique mind. So if you want to Everybody be science, does. that's what I'm saying. You, is that, that part of your ego? Is that part of your definition of yourself? I'm not unique. I'm not fucking special. Well, and, I think... If you're gonna if you're gonna put me on the curve, <laughs> you'll see me. You'll see me. I you see that I do not fall into any special categories. So that's all I'm saying. And that's you know if you're gonna put me on the curve. There's a curve. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, what's the difference between meditating and smoking pot alone and contemplating? In fact, just today, smoked some pot. Was sitting down. My mom, I do a little bit of writing. My friend, who I actually spoke to yesterday, was telling me about like this book, uh, um, "The Power of Habit." Point is, is that uh, you will take cues, um, and then you'll engage with the cue, and then you'll. Do your habit and you'll get the same satisfaction out of it every time. Yeah, so he's saying when you encounter that cue, you know, you have two perspectives on that cue. You can either, you know, go ahead and partake or you can, like, uh, challenge that part of you and, like, compete with it uh, fiercely, you know, like, with the other part of you that, wants to live a better life full of mental clarity and ability to plan ahead mm. and stuff, you know, and running and activity and not just sit around smoking pot. Um, but yet I'll still get high, you know, I'll still smoke Seth Rogen's house plant, <laughs> you know? Yes, you will. Yeah. And somebody will always be there to sell it to you. Don't worry about that. And yeah, and you know what? Nowadays, when you walk in, you're getting greeted by like a cute girl, and she checks her ID and she like says, "Have a great, you know, experience in there." And you go in there, and somebody else says, "Have a great experience in here." And then you walk over the counter, and everybody's smiley, and you buy some pot, and they, uh, and then you leave, and they say, "Oh, you enjoy, enjoy." Everybody as soon as you leave, and it's like, what a great experience every time. <laughs> They don't make you feel like, even though when you go in like every day, it's like this person's clearly addicted. <laughs> you still, they still treat you fine. 
and I drink alcohol too, but I've also been down the road of not knowing that I had a problem and nobody was ever going to tell me I had it. They're happy to just continue to sell it. It's the same with getting into debt. Getting the fucking huge amounts of debt. And what, is the credit card company going to tell me? Oh, no. No, what they do is they tell me, you know, we're going to give you a bit more. We're gonna, Yeah, we're going to push you. Let's get you to 30000 How about 40000 Yeah, $40,000 in debt sounds about right for somebody who didn't finish university, eh? That, is that the right amount? Yeah. Okay, maybe we should stop here. I want to relate hey. that to cigarettes because my ex-wife and I, we quit the same day, cold turkey. I used to smoke almost, almost a pack a day. I smoked for 10 years. She smoked like fucking more than that, which a lot. And uh, we read Alan Carr's The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. It's like 100 pages. And we planned to quit one night. And his method was to smoke more and more and more every day until you're looking at the things and you're like, this is fucking disgusting. And the last cigarette you have is the most disgusting thing you've ever... You don't even want to take a drag. You're looking at it. It fucking stinks. Your fingers stink. And you put it out and it's fucking disgusting the apartment stinks and that's all i remember so i'm not saying you have to, <laughs> and i never smoked another cigarette since i never had it put myself through that experience and so did my ex-wife we quit the same night and neither of us have ever smoked Just again smoked. and it's we never disgusting. will and it's in my mind it's, it's kind of like the breastfeeding experience i can relive sucking on the nipple and you know what maybe Again, I didn't. I haven't talked about this. The I haven't talked about this with you in this podcast. But you know, I don't feel like I got enough affection as a child, and perhaps sucking on those cigarettes was a replacement for sucking on the nipple or any kind of affection. I know I was overly affectionate with any girlfriend I had. I was like a baby fucking koala bear, snapped onto them. And um, where was my ramble going? Um, that. Marijuana, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I think it's about the approach. It's about the angle that you attack it at. It's not, I got to cut down on cigarettes. I got to cut down on weed. It's, no, it's not, I don't like it. I don't want it. Why, why would I go there when, it's not, it's not even, what does it do for me? It's, it's, what does it hold me back from, Right. And how does it make me feel about myself? How powerful is that, Ben, that you smoke something that makes you change your fucking... That, that's like an ego modifier, what you got there. That's, that's like, that dries a little bit of the glue in your ego and chips away and makes it a little malleable. And you, you're actually changing the way you're thinking about yourself, depending on how much weed you're smoking, if I understand correctly. Well, it doesn't necessarily depend on how much weed I smoke, but I guess I feel as though the fact that I've smoked this much weed and put myself through that much thought has put me in a place where I completely change the way I think about myself on a daily, on a daily basis. And it's probably not necessarily for the better, although it, I do feel like I've gone through periods of my life 
where I'm only been able to like better and better connect with people, just better and better. Like, and there are certain things that I feel changed that throughout my life, and I can sort of define epochs of my ability to connect with people. And like, started out very shy growing up, like very shy. I could always get along with people, but I feel like right now, like, so long as I'm able to listen, I'm okay. I can't listen, I'm no good. Have you ever tried listening to as fucking hippie bullshit as this sounds? Makes me want to punch myself, but have you ever tried listening to silence? Like this moment right here? Like meditating? I, I describe being stoned all the time as if your mind is in a neck brace and it has a lazy eye. <laughs> like, like, you know, you can't focus on one thing at a time. You can't focus on anything in front of you. It's got a lazy eye. But you can't check your blind spot because you're stuck in a neck brace so you don't have no idea what's going on around you so and every time you turn you create new blind spots so it's just so if you turn now that next that other thing you were looking at is now gone <laughs> oh, yeah like tunnel vision yeah that's when knowledge no peripherals you lack peripherals would you be a good father though it's hard to say I would probably step up to the challenge because if it's a challenge like that where you got to be because it's your own child there, I would probably be, right? Good man. Sounds about right. I I think so. I just think so. But just because I don't have any standard, man. I'm, I'm completely like you have been married and been divorced. You've had other girlfriends. You lived with Lada for the past whatever couple of years. Um, me, I don't know what it's like to be in a partnership with somebody. Oh, I see. Okay, I so that ties into relationships. I don't. Yeah, it totally does. Do you think that procreating is is a necess- necessary part of life, like a like a rite of passage for every single person? And do you think? that a person can be fulfilled without without ever bearing children i don't believe in rite of passage doesn't make any sense there's no inherent intrinsic right in anything okay um i think that's something we we apply to reality not something intrinsic into reality can (laughs) a person be fulfilled if they don't have children Yes, the answer to that is most certainly yes. And what what will they be fulfilled? Um, children, children are fulfilled. They don't have children, right? But they... <laughs> that's, that's just my. Uh, okay, just... so does that does that are you saying that somebody who's fulfilled as an adult without children is actually an adult in a perpetual childlike state? Because technically, not... technically, they're shrinking the genetic pool, right? Why would I write to my professor in 2015 
yeah, I don't have what it takes to be an engineer. Please let me be an engineer. And then not realize back then that I'm pursuing, I'm contradicting myself and pursuing the very thing that I recognize I shouldn't be doing, I don't think. And Damn. yet I'm still pursuing it. And but there you go. There's your realization for the fucking day. I well, something no, I realize well, I shouldn't be doing. No, I mean No. I will shrink you right down, buddy. Whatever this is, if, let's say this is a podcast that, that works, right? Doesn't matter if anybody listens. If we just enjoy doing it, we'll do it. Then it but works. It's no. dying. It's dying from the second it's born, the same as us. So what are we gonna do with it before it's dead? And what are you gonna do with yourself before you're dead? Again, vulnerability. Kill your guests. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you go. You're a fucking winner, Ben. All right, we have to end this podcast because uh, it's it'll end up in rambling, and we're gonna end up at the weed store, and rambling. Ben's gonna be it's flirting not, with the hot flirting. girl, and then. And then I tried yeah. to flirt today, kind of. Then so I tripped, and then she's like, "Oh." Um, don't don't trip. I said well, I'm not tripping yet, you know, something like that. Like, <laughs> this podcast episode was dying the moment it was born, and I'm calling now, time of death yeah. one hour forty one minutes. Boom. Okay, a lot of editing, a lot of editing. Recording stopped.